All right. Hello, everyone. And this is our first podcast. So our podcast is going to be called The Real Podcast. Uh, A little bit about the name behind the podcast. It is kind of based off NF and the whole real music thing. He's uh, one of my favorite artists. And I just really like how he, you know, real music and just raps about whatever he feels and what he thinks and he's just very transparent so i wanted this podcast to be called the real podcast based off that because i want to be able to be real and just talk about uh pretty much everything um religion sports uh quick trip because i work at quick trip um lifting at the gym uh just a lot of things and uh, that being said, I'll introduce myself to you. My name is Malachi Macias. I'm 20 years old. I turned 21 in two months, the big 21. Uh, I used to play sports in high school. I go to the gym a lot. I work part-time at Quick Trip, and I am a full-time student at WSU, currently studying athletic training, and as part of my school, I work at Cape and Mount Carmel High School as a assistant athletic trainer there. Um that being said, I will let my co-host introduce himself. Hello, everybody. My name is Elijah Bryant. I am 19 years old. I turned 20 in a while. You'll hear about that when it comes around. I am a full-time employee with Quick Trip. I'm an assistant manager there, Malachi's boss, That's now not, that I'm on ERP. That is not true. <laughs> he doesn't work in my store. He's not my boss. Hasn't worked at your store yet. Okay. We'll see how that goes when it does. You still won't be. If you work in my store. I enjoy going to the gym, bowling a little from time to time, just living life, you know, nothing too crazy there. Okay, so I just want to touch on the fact that he said bowling from time to time. Um, this dude is a real bowler. I mean, he got, uh, was it a full ride? Full ride? Full ride to Newman University for bowling. Um, pretty crazy. I have told him multiple times that I will never bowl with him because that is not my life. And that's not something that I would enjoy because he would absolutely destroy me. But anyways, that being said, so this podcast is going to be our first podcast, opening podcast, and we're just going to kind of talk. We don't really have any super specific things to talk about. Um, we're just going to see where it goes. In the future, we will maybe have certain topics and uh, things that we want to talk about. Um, with it being the time of year it is, today is December 30th, so let's just talk about the big thing everybody's talking about this time of year. New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions. January 1sters. And specifically, since we both really like going to the gym, January 1sters in the gym, okay? And I want to start this off by saying, I do not hate January 1sters. What I hate is people setting unrealistic goals for themselves and getting burnt out within two weeks. And, you know, listen, this is my thing. If you're only going to be at the gym for two weeks and you're going to burn yourself out, just don't even come because you're taking up racks, you're uh, taking up benches, you're taking up weights, taking up space in the gym. If you are really motivated and you want to be there, then, I mean, go for it. I mean, that's something that I think is very important. Um, But I think you have to set realistic goals for yourselves, things that you can actually attain. And I think a lot of the time 
January 1st is their big thing. It's like, I'm going to get in the gym and I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to do this and that. And that's just such a broad goal. Six pack in two weeks. Yeah. Six pack, you know, I'm going to do some P90X and be huge and jacked. But, uh, I mean, that's such a broad goal. That's something that you're never going to attain. So like something that I started doing last year, actually I listened to, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a podcast of a guy that I got to meet in my hometown, Wellington, Kansas. And, uh, I was actually in the background of his YouTube video. He's a uh, national strongman champion. And, uh, he was talking about how, uh, it's good to set like three different goals. So like if a lifting goal, just like a life goal, like, and then like whatever, like, like a finan- job, like a financial goal, financial like goal, life, like a life goal. Um, so for me, what I did is I set three goals. I set one as in like a physique, a gym and a, uh, and a school goal, just because I mean, school's a very important part of my life right now. And I think is I posted that on my fridge and I got to see it every day when I walked into the kitchen. So, I mean, that's something that kept me motivated and i think the important thing is not setting a goal that is out of reach but also not setting a goal that is super easy because you're going to reach it really fast and you know it's not going to mean anything to you a big thing for me was like okay these are my deadlines of when i want to hit these certain progressions um i mean that's something big for me personally i don't know how how you, Eli, how you handle things like that? I think kind of something that you touched on, like progressive goals, not something that you can achieve in like a week. Like, oh man, I've never bowled before. I really want to go bowl a 50. And, you know, you go out and you shoot a 65 and then you're content and you never want to, you never have any aspirations to go back or anything like that. But setting progressive goals like 50, one week, the next week, 75, week after that, 100. And you just keep working your way up until you get better and better at whatever that you're trying to do. Exactly, yeah. And I'll touch on that in terms of uh, the gym. So I think a big thing that people, their biggest thing is like within maxes. Like right now, just with the culture of YouTube and everything, like gym influencers, fitness influencers, being in the gym is very popular right now. And I think that the biggest thing that newcomers to the gym do is they're like, I want to lift 300 pounds on squat, but they don't give themselves progressions. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to max this week. I want to hit this certain weight, 175. And then I'm going to max in a month and I want to be up to 200. That's something they don't do. They just say 300 by this date. And they're not giving themselves any, you know, goals to hit in between there, like little mini goals to get to the big goal. I think that that's something that's helped me in the gym a lot is like, you know, this is what my squat number is, is whatever it is. And then, um, you know, I want to be at this weight by the end of the year, but at the three month mark, I want to hit this weight. And then at the six month mark, I want to hit this weight and just leading it up to the end of the year with that as well. And honestly, I mean, we're probably going to be talking about PRs on here a lot because I PR a lot. I train as a power lifter, so I'm pretty much lifting heavy every single day. I like to do 
my compound lifts, powerlifting style, and then everything after that, I kind of do bodybuilding style just to keep my physique up and just keep myself happy. I think the biggest thing in the gym as well is making sure you're happy in what you're doing. I mean, what works for you is not going to work for the next person. I mean, what works for me is not going to work for Eli. I mean, we don't take the same supplements. We don't we don't do the same weights. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially if you're going to work out with somebody who's at a different level than you. Don't be an ego lifter. And that's another big thing about January 1sters. Everybody goes in the gym. They see, they see everybody throwing around weight. They're like comparing. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, I have to do that. And it's like, that'd be like me walking into a gym and looking at Ronnie Coleman and being like, I got to lift the weight that he's lifting. I mean, even though he's old and injured because of his career, I guarantee you that dude could still lift more than me on pretty much every lift. And, you know, that's okay because I'm at where I'm at and he's at where he's at. You know, Eli's at where he's at. I mean, there's some things that he's very close to beating me at, and there's some things that he's not very close to beating me at in the gym. And that's, I mean, that's okay. But I think the biggest thing is, uh, I mean, you versus you in the gym. And then both of us really, both of us really have different goals per se. Like I'm going skinny to big kid. You're trying to just work from where you're at to up. And that has, that influences how you're lifting and that influences how you should be lifting what you should be eating, how you should be training, what you should be taking, all that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Eli's in the, the first phase of the getting big. Um, I myself started that a year ago, so I'm already a little bit past that. I'm trying to get – Some could stay. I still have the newbie gains going. And, and listen, newbie gains is a real thing. I want to touch on that real quick. That's the biggest thing that hurts people in the gym is they get these newbie gains. They get in there, and they just start lifting. And then every week – their max goes up on squat, bench, deadlift, whatever it may be. Every week it's going to keep going up. And then you're finally going to get to where your body has grown into itself and where it's comfortable. And you're going to plateau. And then people get very discouraged. And I see myself, that's when a lot of people quit at the gym is when they get that, when they stop having those newbie gains and they kind of just plateau right there. I mean, I could even speak on that to an extent. Like for a while, I would say it was about a month and a half, almost two months maybe, if you remember when my bench press max was stuck at 130 mm-hmm. and I physically could not lift a plate and then something clicked and now I'm up to 160 but starting out on bench press I mean I was nervous to try and do <laughs> you know 95 pounds yeah. and then the thought of the fact that I'm at 160 now for my bench press max is it's pretty crazy to think about, honestly. Because that's what, 30 pounds in how many months? I mean, like, I started in August, really. And that was, I hit my plateau mid-October. So. Yeah, I mean, so you're what, like three, four months in and, and you already added 30 pounds. Yeah, that's, it's kind of crazy. Um, I, I mean, I can say the same thing. I was, I worked out a lot, obviously, because of high school and sports and everything. Kind of took a year off, came back to it and. You know, I was sitting around 145, 155 on bench, and I was just so discouraged. I was like, I mean, like, I'm barely lifting more than my body weight. And then I really, like, got serious about being in the gym and lifting, and then, boom, my bench went to 175. And then I got even more serious, and I started doing powerlifting-style workouts, and then, boom, my bench goes to 185, goes to 195. 
and I'm stuck at 205 right now. Um, I'll actually be maxing tomorrow, so keep you guys updated on what my end of the year max is for bench. Um, but I also think with that, you just have to – I think you just have to be honest with yourself and uh, really just listen to your body when you're in the gym because I mean, sometimes – your body's not going to be happy with you. It doesn't want to max. And you just got to listen to yourself when you're warming up. Um, I mean, like some, some days you're going to, you're going to fail weights that you've hit before. And that's a little bit discouraging. So you don't necessarily want to let that take you out of the gym for that amount of time, just because one day threw you off. Exactly. And that's something that's been big for me. Like there are days that I don't even want to go to the I will wake up on one of my days off of work or school or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to rest today. And there's always like something in the back of my head. It's like, no, you need to go to the gym. And I just like sit there and I'll fight with myself all day. Um, And I will say that typically the days that I end up going to the gym, even when I don't want to go, I will hate it for about the first 30 minutes. And then after that, it's just like, usually those are the days that are my best days in the gym. Uh, Just personally for myself. But um, kind of shifting away from the gym, I think um, being, I think the whole newbie, newbie thing, um, talk about that a little bit with Quick Trip. So um, I think the whole like newbie gains, that's like true within Quick Trip. If, uh, if you like think about it, because, you know, you'll get out of training and everything and you're just like, dude, I'm the you know, you'll get put out of store and you're like, I'm the best clerk out here. I'm the best <laughs> clerk in the division. And then, and then you're in the heat of it and you're like, dang, I am absolutely terrible at my job. I know that for the first, I mean, I've been at Quick Trip for a little over a year now and I've been at the same store the entire time. And uh, our store is the third busiest kitchen in the division. And second busiest kitchen in the division i was just informed which i mean makes sense because trust me it's crazy but uh i mean i just remember going in there and and i would have these short little shifts because i had class afterwards and they're like all right well i want you to get you know the prep done for tomorrow i want you to get it done before you leave and i'd only have like three or four hours and i'm just like i i absolutely felt like so overwhelmed barely getting it done and now i'm at the point that i could do I mean, if I could just sit there and focus on the prep, uh, I mean, I'm probably done in an hour and a half tops. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I always joke around. I, I always like to say that I'm the uh, second best kitchen clerk in, in the division. That is definitely not true. That um, I wouldn't necessarily say the kitchen is my strong suit, uh, personally. But I work in there so much. I'm pretty experienced and I can get things done. I actually uh, trained Eli over here in the kitchen. So I, you know, showed him the ways a little bit. And I think it's been really cool to just see him and how he's progressed within the business and moved up so quickly. I mean, that's not something that is really an option for me right now because of school. But I mean, I think it's encouraging and cool to see just young people. I mean, we have a friend who, He's been at Quick Trip for over a year now, and you know he's about to get, he's on the list to get promoted, and I think that's cool to see because I mean both of these, both these dudes are I mean, Eli and this other our other friend, they're both younger than me, so I think that's I mean really cool to see Quick Trip just really pouring in to the you know younger people within our community and helping them 
to uh, really just succeed because, I mean, I think a lot of people, I'm not going to say any numbers, I could, but uh, I think a lot of people would be very surprised at how much managers make at Quick Trip. I know that um, it's just something like you come into a Quick Trip and you're like, oh, you work at a gas station. What do you know? And it's like, I think you'd be surprised. Most store managers could probably make more than your parents <laughs> just running that store. So I'm going to let Eli tell you a little bit about his experiences at Quick Trip. Um, being, yeah. being a manager and everything is a little bit different than mine. So I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about that. So I have been with Quick Trip since mid, mid-May mid of 2022. I started out as a part-time clerk um, at the same store as Malachi. He, he did my kitchen quick start. That's what we like to call it, as we can say. It was, it was an experience for sure. I spent like three months as a clerk. Um, a little bit of that was floating around town and working at different stores with different managers and kind of just learning about the, the business a little bit more. And then I ended up coming back to the store with Malachi. I was there. Um, I would work a set schedule. And I only did that for a short amount of time while I was in college. And then when I made the decision to drop college and go to work full time, I got on the promotion list and I've been an assistant for five days away from three months now. And they have me floating around town now running, running the show at different stores. And I would say it's fun. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how else to word it. I mean, getting to work with different people from different backgrounds and then just the different customer bases that we work with throughout the part of the town. I mean, the store that I started at as an assistant manager, it was kind of like, is a nice side of town. It was, it was a little bit slower mid-level store, but I had a really good, really good store manager there to kind of help train me up for the more difficult things that I would be seeing out in the world. And I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, if you're not prepared to run around town and do stuff, then you won't ever like be able to run the show, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I definitely think that um, it is crucial um, to at least go out on ERP a little before you start promoting, because I think a lot of people will like get in and they will, I mean, especially I see like new hires and they're just like very overwhelmed right off the bat. I see that in a lot of like NAs and RAs, which are kind of like, for lack of better terms, the bottom uh, of the assistant managers. But I mean, once again, they still are assistant managers and they still have a lot of responsibility. And it's like, you see a lot of young kids, 19, 18 years old, trying to become assistant managers right out of high school. And, you know, they don't really know what they're in for. And I can see a lot of people, and this kind of goes back to the whole mentality thing with like uh, goals and January 1sters, you know, it's, I've seen a lot of people do that. And, you know, one of my friends, I've seen him just succeed and really just take off with it. And I've seen other people who have been my managers personally, who just fold because, you know, they're not ready for all that responsibility. They don't understand, you know, what it comes with, you know, not all your coworkers are going to like you, not all the employees under you are going to like you. And for some people that's really hard to accept and, um, be able to just deal with, um, 
I have a I have a funny story on that that I might tell you guys in a in a later episode about uh, the story that Eli knows about a young manager who wasn't able to fulfill their duties because of certain things within their personal life and just, you know, not getting along with employees. And I just think the biggest thing is, is you got to keep an open mind. I mean, like, because I've been at my store for so long, I'm one of the people who've been there the longest. And with that, you know, a lot of the other people look to me to, you know, it's not always easy to ask your manager, assistant managers questions about stuff. So a lot of people look to me to do that because I've been there for a while and, you know, I think the best thing is just treating them like they're human because, I mean, when you just go in there and you're like, all right, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. You can't just go in and be their boss. You have to. Exactly. One of the things that I like to tell other assistant managers that are just getting started, I mean, I learned this from the person that trained me to be an assistant manager, but they they told me something and it's really stuck with me. It's no who you're talking to before you're asking them to do things like know their background, know what they like to do, know what makes them happy before you're telling them what to do. And that's really stuck with me throughout the short time I've been an assistant manager. No, I can definitely say that that's, I mean, I really like that. That's good because I always talk about how, you know, I've had uh, assistant managers in the past where it's like, I think that they are a, a good manager and they have the potential to be a really good manager, but they just don't know. They don't know their audience. They don't know how to talk to some people, you know, talking to me in a certain way could work. Whereas talking to Eli wouldn't work or, and I think a big thing is, is seeing a lot of young kids within quick trip. I mean, sometimes the term micromanaging, I mean, sometimes that is necessary. Sometimes you have to be on them and, you know, make sure that they're staying up with things. And then I think a lot of assistant managers, especially the younger ones who aren't as experienced, they don't know how to turn that off when they're talking to somebody who's more experienced, who's been there for a long time, knows their responsibilities, who are going to meet those needs that they're required. Uh, I think that's a big thing for me is like, that's what makes me butt heads with my assistants most is like, hey, look, I get it that, you know, there's three other people on the clock right now who've only been here for a couple months, but you know, I've been here for over a year and you ask me to do something, I will do it. But ask me, don't tell me because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get around to doing it regardless if you tell me to do it or not. But if you want me to do it first, be like, Hey, can you, you know, can you, uh, prioritize this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) one of my, one of my assistants, I, I love this guy to death. He is probably one of my favorite assistants I've ever had. Uh, assistant managers I've ever been under, but he always does this thing where he will either say, can you put a hustle on that? Or can you put a pause on that and do this? And that is something that just irks me to my core. I cannot, I cannot stand. When he's, can you put a hustle on that? It's like, uh, bro, what do you think I've been doing? You think I'm just doing it as slow as I can, just to like upset you? No, like, and I mean, like, I just under, I just have to take a step back and understand that that's just how he talks, and he doesn't really mean it in a harsh way. Because I mean, we joke around a lot. I mean. And that's something you will learn about me from this podcast is I'm not very serious all the time, but I know when I need to be serious, but I will be making a lot of jokes and comments throughout the podcast. Um, Sometimes jokes and comments I probably shouldn't say, but I mean, hopefully you'll still get a laugh out of it. (laughs) And kind of, kind of running it back on what we were talking about, about like younger assistant managers who 
come into Quick Trip and they want to, you know, just run the show and be that person right out of training. I mean, knowing their audience for sure. And then learning how to manage people that are older than you and being the boss at such a young age and, you know, being the one that people are looking to when they don't know what's going on and being the one who gets yelled at when something happens with a customer and they're unsatisfied, you know, learning how to manage those situations definitely can make or break an assistant manager. Uh, no, 100, 110% agree with that. I think one of the things he touched on is, you know, being the one getting yelled at by a customer when they're upset about something. I've seen some assistant managers who will just, they don't want to deal with it. So they'll just absolutely throw their clerk under the bus and just let them take the brunt of it. And I think the best managers, assistant managers that I've been under, they always will have their clerks back, gain that trust with them. You know, even if it was the clerk's fault, you know, they'll go diffuse the situation and say, Hey, could have done this better. You could have done that better. And I mean, once again, just talking to them like they are a person, like they're, a, a, you know, a human being. Because at the end of the day, we have to realize that um, everybody makes mistakes. Exactly. And when it's your employee, I mean, it's not always our job to like be like, hey, why'd you do this? Hey, you know, if you didn't do this, this problem wouldn't be here. We never want to do that, especially when we're the one in charge, because we want to gain their trust and learn what happened and then rebuild, like retrain, rebuild, teach them about how what we could have done to maybe avoid the situation or what we could do in the future to just make sure that it doesn't happen again. Exactly. And I think, I mean, I mean, he pretty much just knocked it on the head. I don't know much about the whole being assistant managers or anything like that. Um, but I will say that being in, okay, I will say this quick trip as much as it frustrates me and really gets on my nerves sometimes, you know, I mean, they've been really good to me. They work with my schedule school and everything, which is really crazy sometimes. So I really appreciate that. Um, kind of changing gears a little bit. Cause I want to just talk about a little bit of something else before we have to end here. Um, this is something that's been on the news a lot. And uh, we're going to probably talk more on this in a different episode. But uh, many of you know Andrew Tate, the top G, if you will. Um, I'm not going to say now whether or not I agree with everything he says or whether or not I think that he talks to people well or he's right or anything. I'm not going to pose my point on that because that would take way too long. But um, just recently, um, yesterday, he was swatted. So what being swatted is, is pretty much somebody will call the police and tell them that you are doing something illegal, something usually very illegal that will require SWAT, such as he has a gun and he's planning to hurt somebody, um, he's holding people hostage, etc. And then the SWAT will come to your house, even though you're innocent. He was swatted recently. He was at his home in Romania, and he made a video, and there was a pizza box in the background of it, which confirmed he was in Romania at his home, and somebody called the American Embassy in Romania, and 
told them that he was holding girls hostage and was involved in human trafficking. So the SWAT proceeded to come to his house and take everyone who was on the premises into custody. And I don't know much about the situation right now. All I'm going to say is, is like, even if like, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, that's a human being, whether or not you agree with what they say or don't agree with what they say. Like, you're messing with somebody's life at that point. And I think that goes way beyond, like, disagreeing with someone. And, you know, the crazy thing to me was, like, there were a lot of influencers on Twitter, you know, like, praising the fact that he was taken into custody and he was swatted. And it's, like, me being uh, a religious person. I'm a Christian. I am a devout Christian. I carry myself as one. And, like, you know, we're called to love everyone. And even if you don't agree with them, you know, it's like, why would you wish that upon somebody and, you know, say like, oh yeah, that's a great thing. I don't agree with what he says. So I'm so happy that people are trying to mess with his life and ruin his life. And I mean, really, I just, I'm honestly, it's like really unfathomable to me because like, I wouldn't even do that to somebody who's my worst enemy. I mean, you'll hear some stories from me about some people who have done some really wrong messed up things to me and at the end of the day i just think that you know it's it just doesn't make sense to me to like wish that upon somebody and like i said i don't know a lot about the situation i just think it's really crazy and hectic i mean he says a lot of things that ruffles people's feathers but at the end of the day i don't think that he i don't think he deserves really what happened to him honestly I fully agree with what he said. I mean, he really knocked that one out of the park there. So, yeah. And okay, once again, so we're kind of running, running short on time, but um, uh, I just wanted to restate that you know this is going to be about a lot of things. So, um, this 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 episode was kind of all over the place because it was our first one, but in the future we will have uh more structured and uh we do plan to have a lot of our friends as uh guests and just people who have really made impacts in our lives and um people who have been there for us uh just to talk about certain things you know we'll have we might be able to get one of our assistant managers on to talk about quick trip one of our friends talk about the gym um everything about that uh, we're going to have a lot of guests on here and just, you know, talk about life. Uh, at the end of the day, just be real. Uh, I mean, that's what this is all about. So, uh, Eli, if you have anything to talk about or say before we shut it down. Um, I think we I think we got it covered for today. Co- yeah. Covered and then some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I said, uh, this, this episode is kind of all over the place, but in the future it'll be a little more structured. For and, sure. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a uh, talk about a lot of things and just kind of what my goals are in life and where I'm headed, uh, where Eli's headed and what his goals are in life. And just, uh, I mean, just a mix of things. Um, you're going to hear a lot about our personal lives and what's different and what's the same. What's new, what's happening. Exactly. It's just kind of, I mean, I think the biggest thing when we talked about starting this podcast was, is just, you know, just like taking people on the journey of our lives just because like, I mean, we've known each other for a while now, a while, about six months now, six, seven months, seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just seeing how much we've grown and changed within that seven, seven and a half months, 
I, I think we just, our biggest thing was just, we don't care about if this reaches a lot of people, but just being able to share with you guys, you know, changes in our lives and how we've grown and just, you know, give advice and try to pour as much wisdom into you guys, uh, you know. If we can just reach one person, that's that's really the goal. Exactly. I mean, that's something we really talked about. So exactly. it's not matter how many people we reach. It's just we want to help one person with this. Exactly. And if we do that, we've reached. Ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I mean, and that's what – I mean, at the end of the day, that's what this is. I mean, I mean, we're two young kids, and I wouldn't say that this is strictly geared towards younger kids, but I think that younger adults, teenagers – are going to be able to relate with it a little bit more. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's for everybody. And we just hope that we can reach one person. So that being said, we're going to end this episode here. And uh, it's the first episode of The Real Podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys soon.